0: This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, will it be a ding-dong with Dell for Doc as D-Boss faces his old gaffer? And United will be confident as they go on the road again. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duffy. And podding alongside me today are Alan Temple. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. But what? not George Cran. Because he's sick. Struck down in the prime of life.
1: A late call off.
0: Never happened to do a day, Bear. No, never. And that's
1: really good. well, too. well very short memories nowadays, don't we? <laughs> I,
0: I, my absences <laughs> were always alcohol related. They weren't. I didn't say that on the sick line. <laughs> It's really good that George is off because we're away to speak about Dundee. So, George, what did you think? Oh. <laughs> were you there, Bear? I was. I was were there. As I wonder. I know, I know you like your, your road trips, but Parkhead's yeah. not the no, most alluring no, or easiest. It's,
1: it's one of these ones where I think a lot of a Stuck lot, in a corner. A lot of fans. Yeah, I, I didn't have a restricted view on Saturday. And sometimes that can be a bad thing when you're. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of Dundee fans, you know, have suffered a bit of pain in the past. There's a lot of way supporters many clubs have at Celtic Park um, because you really are up against it. But no, I I was there and there was a a healthy Dundee support at the game. And I think overall, Tom, I think they could be, you can't be quite satisfied. That's that's maybe the wrong thing. But I think they could be happy with with their overall performance bar a sort of 15-minute spell after, after half-time. Um, you're always going to be up against that, that Celtic part with the quality of player they have. Um, but what I'm seeing now in, in, in this Dundee side is uh, the one word that springs to mind is organisation. Tony Docherty has got them very, very mm-hmm. well set up. And I noticed that George, uh, in his notes, had them down as a 4-4-2, and he's, he's, he, I think he had a four three three at Perth. But what I, sh- I see for Dundee at this point in time is more a four five one 5 or a 4-4. 4-1-1 one, one, mm-hmm. where that extra striker basically drops in to make up a five in the middle of the park and, and fill up all the slots and they made it very difficult for for sorry i just talking about tactics yeah. I
0: feel like I've got to shout to make sure the yeah, listeners yeah, are still awake I hope
1: everybody's still awake on this one formations but, but what I'm trying to say is I've been a Parkhead before where Dundee have been absolutely exposed at times where Selic have been you know coming forward in waves and they've found lots of space and lots of chances but that ah, didn't can, actually happen you, you on can, Saturday well,
0: you can see a lot again with well, lots of teams you can see teams that, away at the old firm mm-hmm. where they don't attack but they don't look like they're no. set up defensively no. they just don't have the ball
1: that's what I was interested to see I mean you can obviously set yourself up to be defensive and, and park the bus in effect but you've got to find a way to create chances um, and Dundee only really created the one in the first half right at the very end of the first half and um, they had, I think they had won after Celtic had scored uh, Luke McEwen curled one past the post but they had a great chance late on and even though the game was finished I was disappointed they didn't take it because there was a really good chance McEwen was in he delayed the pass I think which made it harder for Yoko to keep the ball down and allowed the Celtic player to get back and get a It was a stick- it was a stick on goal and that would have been just reward for for the effort they put in but from a, de- a defensive point of point of view and an organisational point of view they did really well I think Trevor Carson, although Sir, like had the ball in the net in the first half, they were offside. Um I think Trevor Carson had one safe to make, and that that speaks volumes of what they're actually doing, you know, in defensive setup from the, the midfield as well. The full-backs were magnificent. I thought Kami Kerr had a terrific game against Maeda. You know, he's a so pacey, but it's just shows what Kami Kerr has got as well. I mean, he, he made up the ground a lot of times and got that vital tackling owned back on the other side as well. And it'll be a great learning experience for Dundee as well, Tam, because you look at their midfield, the guys that had playing, Bo Tang, uh, Howley, uh, Finn Robertson, 19, 20, 21, I think, is, is the age group. Beck's only 21. Zach Robinson up front, only only 20. It was, was a young side. Mm-hmm. But they stuck to their task, and that's what I'm seeing, Alan, in, in games with Dundee. Now, going back to the St. Johnson game, they look very well set up. Now, obviously, against Celtic, you don't get the opportunity as much to get yourself up the park. But approved against St. Johnson, they can do that and they're ready to pounce with that sort of that setup. You know, they can, if teams yeah. want to play from the back, they'll attack them and and, and and pick them off if they can. The one area I'm still concerned about is taking chances. They're gonna to have to gonna to, to improve on that front. But um, yeah, overall, it was, uh, you know, you go to Celtic Park, you'd probably take a three-nothing. I, I think the disappointing thing was that they lost two goals in quick succession after the penalty kick up. I think it was a penalty. I think when you see it, it was a bit rash from Howley. I know it, it, it can be soft. I think Turnbull does really well. He gets his foot in front of Howley. He doesn't actually attempt to go for the ball. he's actually attempting to clear the ball. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, David Turnbull put his leg in front of him and Howley kicks through his leg.
2: He was cute, wasn't he? It's in the
1: box. It's oh. a penalty kick. Um, but then don't you find himself 3-0 down with 25 minutes to go and then you're looking at your watch as a supporter and you start thinking yeah. this could quickly go to uh-huh. six because Selig like were really buzzing at that point. And she- I switched off. Yeah. <laughs> Sealy so were really <laughs> buzzing at that point in time. To, to be fair, um, uh, Brendan Rodgers actually changed it slightly, took off a few players. They obviously wanted to rest them for the or dig game during the week here. That uh, worked well. Yeah, I know, and uh, um, brought on a few. Others. But I would say, though, I mean, Seattle got a big, a big club. They've got real quality on the bench. These guys are bursting a gut yeah. to try and get in that team. Oh, yeah, so man. sometimes you think for the they're bringing place. boys on, but they're they're they all working hard there to try and put in a shift and impress the manager. So. Yeah, Dund- Dundee can be happy. Not not but you're never happy when you lose a game, but I think overall, the overall the way they played for the vast majority
0: of that game they can take encouragement from. I must have. To, I mean looking at that game and looking at Dundee start to the season in general, think things have gone wrong at times. Is it fair to say though nothing that you wouldn't expect from such a new team. It's the kind of thing. I mean I would be concerned that the They've lost more than a goal in mm-hmm. quick succession in the last two games, yeah. but it's the kind of thing that happens to new teams. They've looked quite solid. The other, the other thing I thought specifically on Saturday was, you you can go to Parkhead and you can get beat one 0 and you still think you were never go, you were never going to win mm-hmm. or Ibrox. You know they were never going to win that, and I, I sort of. Maybe because it was a commentary game and I was listening on the radio, so you were, rather than jumping around the grounds mm-hmm. hearing what was going on, you were listening to it non-stop and it just struck me that apart from the Luke McCowan chance, Dundee didn't do enough no. mm-hmm. when they had the ball. No. And and there are games that you say, well, we're going to lose this game because they will create something at some point. Is, it, is that a fair uh, Yeah,
1: I would say so. Sure and... and but what I would say is, although Celtic had a lot of the ball, they didn't look like scoring. They had a lot going for. Dundee looked very well organised defensively, and as I say, there wasn't much space. And I wasn't—I've been to Parkhead in the past, and, and you really are—you're seeing them breaking the line, getting through balls across, and you're looking where, where are the Dundee defenders? That didn't happen on mm-hmm. Saturday. I think when you go, uh, you know, when you, any club, you know, outside outside the Rangers, that goes to Celtic Park. You know the way you're going to get a result is you have to take every single chance that comes your way. You know that that's a fact. You have to ride your luck a wee bit. Your keeper has to mm-hmm. play well, but you have to take your chance. And that chance before half time, that was that was vital for Dundee if they were going to you know really take anything from that game. I think after half time, can they get through the first fifteen minutes? And they're they're undone a wee bit by that penalty kick. They're undone. You know you're you're hoping to get away with one. They don't. The score. Celtic Park erupts as it, as it always does, 60,000 people in there and floating away, 2 0 down. And I looked, the, the second goal to me looks like a really easy goal. And I thought, I've been really caught, Sean, has been caught sleeping there. But when when I saw back, you know, on, on television, it's brilliant movement from Kyogo. Yeah. And uh, uh, most, most centre forwards wouldn't have been on, managed to get on the end of that pass from uh, McGregor, a curled ball into the box like that. But he, he reads it so well, he's off the mark, he's lightning over five yards, Tom. And and he finishes, and uh, you know, it really is an uphill struggle from from that that point on. But um, no, that's all about encouragement there for Dundee. Uh, you know, overall, I thought I never ever thought they looked ragged. That's all. That's all mm-hmm. I can say. And that's that's the biggest thing you can take from that game. And the, the way I've seen it, going back to the St Johnston game as well, they look they look really really well set up now. And. It's just a case of how do they now turn this? They've got obviously the game coming up on Saturday. How do they turn it from being solid in a defensive situation to becoming solid, but a team that's able to create and and, and yeah. taking chances?
0: Well, Tony Rocker, to speak, big frustration, uh, B Allen, that that chance in the first half that probably should have been converted. Celt- Celtic aren't quite where Brendan Rodgers wants them to be, which a bit like Dundee, okay different level, different budget, you expect that, new manager, new sign ins, new formation but maybe fragile is too strong a word, particularly when you're playing against them at uh, Parkhead but we saw with St. Johnson in their previous home game, they can be dented when a team's doing well and and their confidence can be hit a bit and if Dundee had scored that chance.
2: Yeah, I think Celtic and Rangers are both quite a bit weaker than what they've been of late, so there is a a small margin of opportunity mm-hmm. there, you could say. But small is a good word for it. Yeah, <laughs> you need so much to go yeah. your way, and a lot went right for St Johnston. Their goalkeeper was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the irony that Mitov was probably forced to play a lot better than. Trevor Carson was. Yeah, I think I think, right. yeah. I, think <laughs> no, that yeah. game, I think I think had more saves to uh, make than Trev- yeah, Trevor Carson uh, y- had to make. In the game. Yeah, St Johnston are the team that leaves with a point, and Dundee leave with nothing. So much needs to go your way, and the the fact is, you don't get to make mistakes like a naive challenge in the box, which uh-huh. is is what Ryan Howley, a young man who, as Bear rightly says, will learn from it, makes a naive challenge in the box. You've lost your goal and. In all likelihood, that's you. You've lost your chance to get anything from the game because when Celtic get the wind at their sails, they finally break down their stubborn opposition. They usually kick on. So, yeah, there was a, a small window of opportunity that I would suggest wasn't there under Ange Postogoglu, but still the the gulf, the financial yeah. gulf, the pedigree gulf, it is, it's vast even when Celtic aren't at their best. And I thought Cammy Kear spoke really well about that, really illuminating stuff with, with George after the game. Um, uh, talking about just the the mental toll that uh, is required to stop Celtic. Mm -hmm. you know, Even if they're not flying on whole cylinders, the concentration levels required to keep track of, obviously his direct role was Maida, but in the centre you've got, imagine trying to keep track of Kyogo for 90 minutes of football. It is uh, mentally exhausting and uh, I thought it was interesting stuff that Cammy was talking about that and eventually... That one, that one slip, that one time when your decision making isn't quite where it needs to be, will cost you against a team like Celtic. But I mean, if I want to be glib about it. Who cares? Every team down there, yeah. you know, is going to Celtic Park and, on all likelihood, will lose. Uh, it's not really a particularly important result for for Dundee. The important result is when they play Kilmarnock And with both teams having had okay starts to the season, and both teams. On the same points, I genuinely think whoever wins that game can be considered to have had a good start to the season. Yeah. And whoever loses that game then slips into the uh, the realms of not having a great start to the season Aye. because you would imagine two of the three teams below them, Hibs and Aberdeen, will have ultimately climb out of that area. So, uh, yeah, the loser r- on
0: Saturday's not having a disaster yet.
2: Exa- yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. I, I think the, the winner of that game, um, can for you know a couple of weeks at least can consider themselves safely in in mid-table but the loser then starts to think do you know what it's went from being a solid start of the season to not being a great one mm. um so really big game and, and we'll probably touch on obviously the managerial narrative but uh, one that will be cracking to look forward to I, uh, think. I mean it, to to stick with the game side of it bear so
0: I always think it's, it's difficult for a manager because you can't come away from a 3-0 defeat and give an air of satisfaction but Tony Doherty will be satisfied because he's seen enough in his career often sitting next to Derek McInnes at times and with much more established Premier League teams in Dundee what a bad defeat away the old firm mm-hmm. can do in terms of trying to prepare a team for the following Saturday.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think he has any. He has a pick Dundee off the floor. No, that, that's no. for sure. And 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 go. You'll th- not be drumming into them this week. What they where they've gone wrong? Because I don't think they did too much wrong against like, Um As I say, that the the big thing for me is that they're a great result against Hearts. So they're a good result against Motherwell at Dens, and you know Motherwell are flying at the moment, as as we've seen. Obviously, a disappointing result for them on Saturday. They've got to say. Um, but yeah, they've done they've done quite well at Denz, and I'm expect I'm I'm real looking forward to it. I think it's interesting. I know that uh, there's, there's Zach robinson has uh, got a bit of an injury problem uh, at this point in time. So whether he plays or not, but I think when he should
0: have had a foul and well, lead up to the that's penalty, that's
1: possible. I wasn't sure. I, I, I saw I could I could have been, but you know it wasn't uh, it wasn't given. So that as that, by the by now, you know you've you've, you've still got to play on. Play at the whistle is always the cry term. Regardless of what's what,
0: what's it. I, that's one of the worst phrases in the world. Yeah. By the by, yeah. I'm a lifelong monarch If, yeah. if I o- adopted that "by the by" attitude, I would never speak. Yeah, we'll go. <laughs> Play God, the God. what a wonderful <laughs> world!
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I also think
1: that you might have considered changing things. Anyway, you know, you know, Leo Cameron didn't feature on, on Saturday. Josh Mulligan was on the bench on Saturday, came on late on. So I wonder if there's there's an opportunity there. I wouldn't be defensive to just go back a yoke up front and someone else playing off him, you know, maybe open the door a wee bit more, you know, because they, they do look as though that they are lacking a wee bit of creativity in there. Um, so, yeah, I mean.
0: I before, see, before we get on to sort of and uh, facing these old boss and Derek McInnes, he is very much a modern manager, isn't he? He's, he's put, he, uh, it's an interesting one because you don't know how a number two is going to be mm-hmm. until he becomes number one. But he he's he signed a squad, and with, with a couple of exceptions, perhaps, he's signed that squad to play, it looks. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's rotating them, he's, he's, he's looking at games. It's, it's it's quite interesting that he might have been tempted, certainly initially, because he had so many new players try to get a core of mm-hmm. 10 or 12 that, that are there
2: every week. Mm-hmm. He's versatile, he's headstrong, he certainly seems to have a lot of different strategies and ways to approach the game. I mean, I'm obviously not as um, baked in with uh, Dundee as as George is or or Bear is, but at least you're here. I (laughs) I certainly struggle to pick out. What the team is likely to be of a weekend, and he certainly yeah. does seem to pick a team to suit the opposition and to suit the challenge ahead. And as you say, that's a very kind of uh, modern uh, view on on it's management. One that He's also
0: quite a bit of dialogue too, because yeah, players are being left out when they've played well the week before.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and also it's something you touched on earlier. But his faith in youth is really admirable yeah. because. I think we've discussed this in, in previous weeks, but the the one thing you do look at that squad and maybe have a fear for is the lack of premiership uh, experience bar a couple of uh, very, very notable players mm-hmm. in, this, in the spine. And that doesn't seem to be a fear that Tony Docherty has, which is, you know, brave of him and we'll see over the course of the season when it gets into the... Awkward periods when there's a bad run when that sort of fortitude's required. Whether or not that's something that they pay the price for, but he certainly seems to have faith in the ability and the quality and the the character of the the young players that he's we're, assembled. I to
0: forget because he was McInnes number two for so long. Doc was actually a very successful youth coach at mm. various levels, mm. uh, but that's going further further back in his
2: career, isn't it? Yeah, because without wanting to fall into stereotypes. Derek McInnes, you would put him slightly more on the pragmatic scale. Yeah. He is a player that likes yeah. experience, he likes physicality, he mm-hmm. likes organisation, and it has served him incredibly well during a really successful career in management. But it does seem like Tony Dockett is very much his, his own man. Maybe every
0: Friday afternoon they were having
2: ding-dongs in the office. Yeah, quite possibly, Don, Don yeah. And was going,
0: this boy's, this boy's ready. Mm-hmm. And Del's going, hey, but he's 18, wait till he's
1: 28.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because yep. there are... Quite a few managers would go, go down, would basically look on a piece of paper, see mm-hmm. two names and look at their ages and pick the age, pick the older player.
2: I think there's still more managers that would do that than don't do that, to yeah. be honest. I think experience is still something that, to be honest, when I, I think
0: of it, myself as a teenager, I'd pick the older one too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but let's be honest. I mean, you landed in a good situation at Dundee, like a bad situation, but a good opportuni- opportunity. Mm because there's so many players were a contract. He mm-hmm. was able to put his mark on this. How many times have we seen a manager coming in and going, well, we're not a great start, but let's be honest, I'm, I'm still building the squad. I'm still using, yeah. off the record, I'm still playing with, with guys that, and other managers, players.
0: Especially at a club like yeah. Dundee, which well, absolutely. In, my, in my career in covering them, averaged a manager every yeah. two years. Yeah. So, you, so you had, every manager that I worked with at Den's had players from more than one regime yeah. before him.
1: Yeah, he has quickly quickly assessed what they needed to do and he's gone out and done it, I've got to say. He, he, he saw that the, the, the squad was lightweight. Most of the guys that he's brought in have been certain, on they've not been short on the physical side. Mm-hmm. He, he knew that they were short of Premier League experience. He's gone and signed Lammy, Shaughnessy and Carson who have got, I don't know, 700-odd games in the Premier League between them, probably more than that time, probably pushing up even yeah. higher than that. And you see that now in, in this, Alan oh, talked about the spine, but you see that especially in the in the rear guard. They look very, very comfortable, I've, I've got this. I mean, I, I don't think they're world beaters, don't get me wrong, but I'm a big fan of uh, Lee Ashcroft. I know that Lee Ashcroft has got a bit to do to get himself into that mm-hmm. team. I'm sure that he's working hard there, but those three give you a platform to work from. He's, he's the, he changed, obviously, he's changed the way the team has set up. He's got We spoke about this right at the start of the season. The three didn't really suit Dundee. I'm not saying it won't, that he won't revert to that, but they m- look much more comfortable before at the back.
0: Surprised that Bear should yep. mention that. Yeah,
1: bring, bring that up again. Owen Beck looks a star at left back. Real real pace, good going forward. Maybe he still lacks a wee bit defensively, but he's still a young lad. He's got to learn. Kami Kerr, who, who a lot of people thought was finished, is suddenly back in the team you know the great survivor he's the great
0: survivor but I mean (laughs) why is he the great survivor because because he defends first he's a good
1: player he's a good good defender he's physically very very strong he's very quick now there's not much to dislike about that he's not Rivellino who's going to go up the park and whip balls into the top corner but he's doing a job and he's in the team uh...
0: Listeners can Google, Red <laughs> You know, <laughs> had a great
1: left I was but I was just in the black and white days, I think. Really, you know, it, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's done what he's been. He's been allowed to go and build, build a team, and he'll be quite happy where he is at at the moment. Um, I still, it, it's still sort of a balancing act for Dundee. I think games against coming up against Kilmarnock are games that should be looking to win. Okay even though they're just back in this division. They're beating hearts at Denz. They should be looking to beat Kilmarnock at Denz on Saturday. But it's how they make that transition from, let's go out and be solid defensively tight in midfield, to spring in and, and, and trying to get goals as well. Now, they did it at Perth, but they were away from home at Perth. It could be slightly different against Kilmarnock at Denz, mm-hmm. yeah. where Kilmarnock might sit a wee bit tighter mm-hmm. as well. You know, So, I'll um, be interested to see what the lineup is, um, if, he, if he brings in Tiffany who's done well he's, You know yeah. when, when, when he's come in and um, did well against Hearts. Have he, have he looks to bring in Cameron or Mulligan and maybe shuffle it he's, he's, we still haven't seen it I thought uh, you know uh, Silla when you know when he might have been given more of a show but you know he's still got to be given an opportunity in there but Overall, I think the Well team given his experience, yeah.
0: I I, I yeah. took him as a stick on to start well, inside the boating yeah, well, at Celtic Park. I and it again it goes back to the the, the manager's you know faith I, and I, ability I, I, rather than just experience.
1: I'm on the fence with Milwaukee Boating. I like him. I think he's, he's he's a good prospect, but my big my big problem with Milwaukee Boating is when he gets the ball and he's got ten yards in front of him to drive forward, he tends to turn sideways and possible to the side but he holds the midfield, t- he passes the ball well and holds the midfield together well. And, and as a few friends have pointed out to me, when he went office in Johnston,
0: uh-huh.
1: the, they lost their way a wee bit, they lost their shape a wee bit, so he's obviously in there and, and doing a good job and doing what the manager wants him to do. I'd like him to see more on the front foot. You know But,
0: not- but Boateng could become my Luke McCowan project for this season. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I like and, him. And, and, and to go not as far back as Revelino and not quite to that standard, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he reminds me a bit of a man who played for United and Dundee. A midfielder, Gordon McCloud. Mm-hmm. Always, every time I watch Gordon McLeod and he had the ball, and you're like, "This lads, this lads a player can play." Yeah. An hour later, you would go, "Oh, Gordon's got the ball again." And I think Boateng needs, to, and he's a young boy, mm-hmm. as as Gordon was when I was watching him at United in particular. I think he's he's a boy that needs actually to to go looking for the ball yeah. Yeah. a bit a yeah. bit more. He's very good when it comes to him. And I like what he does with it when he's got it. And I like it that much that I want to see him go yeah. and demand it yeah. and, and get on the ball.
1: It was a brave call from the manager yeah. to play the three of them. He's, I mean, he's, 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 he's put Finn Robertson... You know, Finn, Finn Robertson was, was out of the team for a big chunk of last season, hardly...
0: And the season hardly, before.
1: And the season before. You know, and he, sud-
0: travels, suddenly,
1: he suddenly finds himself back back in the first team and deservedly so. You know, you can see why. He's got real ability. He keeps the ball. I he, see that
0: why James McPate gave him his debut at sixteen. Yeah, he's got he, that he works with,
1: and, he, and he plays Ryan Hill. He plucked puts him in from nowhere. Yeah. Now that's a manager to me that is obviously working with the players hard in training, and I, and is looking at them and saying, "Who's going to do a job for me on Saturday?" And I've said this before that done underdog. It looks like I won't be built around one or two players. The team will have a shape, and you'll have yeah. to fit into that shape and do the job in that shape. And that's 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 not a, not a bad place to come from. So that when you take someone out, someone else has got to go in and do a similar sort of role. Um, but I could see I could see a couple of changes on Saturday. Yeah,
0: and Alan, just on your point about you know the team that wins on Saturday has had a good start to the season. Now, maybe if you were mapping out a season, obviously you want to win every game. But if you're being realistic, having had the start they've had. You would normally pick a team like Kilmarnock, who've had a decent start as well. So you're not beating someone who's, you know, no. struggling for form. But it's a team that you think, well, if if we beat them, if we put in a good performance, that's a real confidence block to build on for the for the rest of the season. But of course the problem this weekend, or the great attraction this weekend, is first time in years, so we've got two two guys that were joined at the hip, (laughs) are now up against each other in Doherty and McInnes, and it's what that does to their minds.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, I would love to know, I mean, I don't know either man particularly well, but if either of them are prone to overthinking, then this is a nightmare scenario because you can just imagine the amount of guessing, simple Derek again, <laughs> You know, you can imagine the amount of... It's not enough hours in the day for yeah. Derek to stop thinking. He's, it, he it, just it, thinks football all the time. In which case, like, what is he thinking that Tony Aye. Doherty will do? Then Tony Doherty's thinking, well, what is Derek thinking based on what he thinks I'm <laughs> thinking? That, that I mean, genuinely... No, I'm, I'm with 100%. you 100%. I, anyone who has met football managers, they are... Are obsessive, obsessive, mm-hmm. and this is just a this is just a nightmare scenario. And there'll be, uh, you know, the, the team shapes, the set piece setups, etc., won't be cemented until probably Friday afternoon session. However, from that point onwards, they'll be onto their spies. What's the team lineup? What's the shape? Yeah. Uh, it'll be there's all these fascinating subtexts. Quite aside from the fact that. Really interesting bragging rights uh, for grabs. You know, uh, Tony presumably desperate to step out from that shadow. He can be very happy with how he's started up until this point. Derek McInnes, obviously vastly experienced. He won't admit it, but his ego wouldn't like it nope. if the guy that's been his number two for so long takes points off him. It's just uh, quite aside from the the league table. I think a text. You, each think, other this week. Nah, you think there'd be there be a no, com- coming together
1: so. in the dugouts so if there's any contentious decisions. I mean, there better It'd be. be head yeah, head yeah, that's. Or, yeah. It would
2: be very <laughs> disappoint. It would be very disappointing if it's civil. You, you want, want you want shenanigans aye, for yeah, ninety minutes, yeah. then shake the hands afterwards.
0: Yeah. Aye, you want them. You want them sitting in the office afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go to each other. Did, we just, did <laughs> exactly. we just say that to each other during the game? One hundred percent. You want. Oh, the, s- the other thing, because this was a thing that Dell did from day one with Doc, was remember they used to go in, they used to go away together after the game for mm. about ten minutes and have a wee discussion about. R- r- when it was fresh in their mind, within mm-hmm. yeah. within five, ten minutes of the of the, the final whistle, yeah. you would see them down in an enclosure somewhere or back out to the dugout and have yeah. a wee chat about the game. Yeah. Think, I knew a few, knew a few managers
1: that? who did that at half-time, they would, they, would, they would let the players go in for a couple of minutes and just stand outside and have a reflection mm-hmm. yeah. on what they're going to, to say. <laughs> you know, and it probably calms them down a wee bit before they go into the change room sometimes. But... Yeah, i will be, be interesting to see the, the the way it pans out between the, the two of them. It's like, there's going to be a lot of second-guessing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, one...
0: You know what strikes me? If he you, if you hadn't had the association with Derek McInnes, Tony Doherty would probably be regarded as one of the game's most serious thinkers. Mm. But anybody that's sitting next to Derek McInnes isn't <laughs> going to look as serious a <laughs> <I> thinker as him. <laughs> because <as laughs> he thinks about every detail. Yeah. Is it... Is this the game where, as vastly experienced as both, both of them are as coaches, they could actually think themselves to defeat because they might overthink it?
1: <laughs> You've got me thinking, now, Tom. <laughs> No, I, I, <laughs> I know, I know what you're saying. No, not over my back. I just, I just it, wonder if, if,
0: if what you're saying, Alan's, what, what's she really got? But, but he'll do that. I mean, funda- and then he'll, he'll do that because he, but yeah. he won't do it because he thinks. Yeah. I think yeah. he'll do that. And
2: but fundamentally, I think. The, the sensible side of their brain will tell them listen let's just set up our best team to win I was this going particular to say, maybe, match maybe
0: it should be the one that that's, wins
2: is the one that goes let's just play exactly that's that's the way that they will know they'll have to think I just think there'll be a lot of um, considerations that, that make this a really interesting game and and as as you alluded to, Kilmarnock at home, then their next home game is Ross County at home. That's mm-hmm. a dream couple of games. Yeah, for. Obviously, hibs, hibs in between, uh, Easter Road's a tough one with their new manager, mm-hmm. what could be a bounce. Um, but those next two home games, um, you know, if you can put aside the Del V Dock narrative, just these two home games are are really, really big for Dundee and it would be too far to say it would define the season, but it will certainly give you an idea whether we're looking at a team that's destined to be scrapping at the bottom or can maybe have aspirations to get up into that middle of the pack area.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think something else we should point out, that the, the the laws of probability are very high in this instance in that for all we're going on about it and going on about it, at quarter to three on Saturday, there is a very good chance that in one or other dressing room or both, one player goes, did they used to work together? Because <laughs> 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 players, players are wonderful for yeah. being totally, uh, cool, blissfully complain. unaware of uh, uh, yeah. what everyone else is sweet about, about a particular game. Anyway, great stuff. Right, moving swiftly on to Dundee United. Alan, there's a conspiracy at Tannery's. And that conspiracy is determined because they know I'm a Dundee fan. They know I've bigged them up this season. And they want to put a big custard pie in my face, and they don't want to win the league. There's a few people want to do that, Tom. Come on. Mm. There always has <laughs> been. A married one.
2: <laughs> I thought you were about to launch a defamatory <laughs> attack on the Scottish FA there. That's uh, after the red married card. They, they never knew who it
0: was. They could have had this. League One by October. Oh, don't be daft.
2: No, that was, but uh, they,
0: they keep dropping points at home. I've, uh, this has even driven me to this look is, up a
1: This is going you know to like come back to and you. bite you in November, December, <laughs> <laughs> January, February.
0: <laughs> They've <laughs> dropped four points at home.
2: You've been through enough championship seasons to know how this, uh, how this story goes. Obviously not. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, no, you you make a point. It's uh, It's... For this, I would say the second consecutive home game, they've taken Dundee United have taken the lead in the first half and failed to properly kick on and put that game to bed, which will be a real uh, disappointment. There's a lot that went on in the Morton game that we can touch on, but fundamentally, just like in the Airdrie game, where uh, United got nervy before they scored Mm -hmm. in the 94th minute to make it 2 0. Um, I should say second consecutive home game in the league because they did obviously batter a certain uh, a second string Dunfermline in between. But and now they've played Morton and it's uh, again they've taken the lead. They've done what should be yeah. the difficult part in this league. That's the frustrating thing. See, breaking down stubborn opposition, that is a tough challenge, and you can you can forgive them. The odd nil-nil. You can forgive them the odd stubborn result. But see, once you break the deadlock in the first half, that should be the green light to to kick on, to assert yourself in the game. And I would say uh, against Morton and against Airdrie, Dundee United's control of the game has been quite poor. They've they've not grasped it around the neck and created more chances. And that would be a concern because fundamentally the catastrophic mistake between Declan Gallagher and uh, Jack Walton that allows Morton to equalise the red card to Matthew Cujo they aren't half as costly or or maybe don't happen at all if Dundee United have gone on to make it 2-0, mm-hmm. to make it 3-0 which is something they should be doing um, at home, they've shown they can do it away from home um, so it's uh, it's yeah it's a disappointing result it is one that extends their unbeaten run so we're not running about with here on fire about it it's especially with light of you know playing the last 30 minutes with 10 men you can't see a point has been a disaster and they're only two behind race rovers at the summit of the league at a, a very early stage so it's not a, a a major major problem at this point but two consecutive home games in the league is something that you can perhaps start to draw some conclusions. Yeah. For, and one of those conclusions is they need to be a wee bit more clinical at home. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I must admit, Bear, I was driving in here this morning feeling quite relaxed because, as, as I touched on in the first half, through my limited eyes, what I see is the problems with Dundee are problems you would expect at, at this stage of the season. So, overall, it's been good. I look at United and I'm thinking they've just got to work out how to break down teams at home. But as Alan, as Alan rightly pointed out, they have actually worked out how mm. to break down teams at home. Once you've broken them down, it's sustaining that is what they've not done. And that's mm-hmm. maybe the that's maybe the slightly worrying aspect of what otherwise you might shrug off as teams are sitting in against them, but they, they, they seem to be coming undone when they've done the hard bit in mm-hmm. a home game.
1: Yeah, and that's always going to be the case, but certainly at Tannis, where fans expect them to go and run over the top of teams a a lot of the time, and there there is a bit of expectation in there. I mean, what I've seen of Dungeon United so far this season is, uh, bar the first game of the season in the league down at Arbor when they were fantastic, is that there's there's not a huge amount of goals in that team. Mm -hmm. And, And we've seen that. I think the great thing is that Mo is scoring on a regular basis, and I think if he can keep fit and keep doing that, then they've got a fantastic chance of going on and winning this league. But we need a few others, others to win, and it's all right saying, all right, you've got the first goal, in it and Tony it, Watt Street, yeah, would be yeah, welcome. that would be that would be welcome. And it's all right saying you've got the first goal in a game, you know, you've done the hard bit, but. Ideally, you need to get that second goal to put the game to bed. That's sorry, I've
0: just got this image of Tony Watt dashing naked across (laughs) paradise in my head. It's not one. No, 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 no.
1: (laughs) But you really need to get that second goal. As long as teams find a way, I mean, and teams won't. One goal doesn't suddenly open a team up. No, you know, a lot of teams will still sit and and still still think they're in by a chance. Yeah. We've seen that they'll go, they'll go to the last ten minutes before they really sort of push forward and break ranks and Who try knows? to. Who
0: yeah. you you touched on it against Airdrie. There was a bit, of, and I know from speaking to, to punters there was a bit of sort of tension uh-huh. late on when it was only one mm-hmm. 0 and they did get the second goal. Yeah, but maybe that framed Morton's tactics. Maybe Dougie Emery said uh, yeah. when they went behind, say, "Oh, yeah, it's still, they'll get they'll get yeah. edgy if we keep it at this. Don't do anything stupid." Yeah. Uh, so
1: yeah, uh, the second goal really does help Dundee United because it means that teams really have to say, well, one, they will actually try and push to get something and maybe take a doing here, or they're just going to sit back and play this game, which is Dundee United. If they win the game 2-0, then there's not an issue. You've got to say they lost a the poor goal. I've, I've seen it yeah. on the TV. and I, I, What I will say, I'm, I'm not going to be overly critical because they've been fantastic at the back this season. The keeper and the two centre-backs have been terrific. These things happen. Yeah. As long as it's a one-off, there's no problem. You know, it, 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 as long as it doesn't creep in, I don't think it will. They're all experienced players. They get back on the, you know, back oh. on the
0: Well, You look at the keeper, you look at Declan Gallagher. Yeah. They got it wrong. It's a mix-up. It happens. Anyway. I don't think they'll be thinking about that no. too, too much by by Monday. Never no, mind no, the, today. These things happen. Maybe what, and folk like us, speaking about it, it doesn't help. maybe this thing now, it, it, there is getting away with Where is that second goal at home?
2: I don't, I don't think we're quite, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're quite at that no. that stage yet. And it's. Uh, I just wonder whether there's a, a slight mentality thing in that, see, when you go out at 0-0 at Tanadice and you're Dundee United, the first goal, mm-hmm. you're thinking, we need to get this right. It? Yeah. Well, we're not to put on a show. We need to open the score. And I do just wonder whether that imperative, that tempo, that, you know, the, the real need to, to cut the team open, whether it's deliberate. I mean, well, obviously it wouldn't be deliberate, but even if it's just an imperceptible amount, whether they just foot off the gas just a wee bit and start yeah. thinking you know what now we can play a bit and we can take our time to open them up and I don't I just think once that first goal's coming to be fair it came very very early against Erdry, uh once that first goal comes there needs to be the same imperative. That second goal needs to so be as done important all as the 1st the road, actually, haven't they? Yeah, that second goal needs to be as important as the first goal. Um, so, uh, in which case things could be... I mean, it is worth pointing out also that, I mean, Dundee and are the second top scorers in the division, albeit mm-hmm. that those that is massaged by two really handsome away wins. So, they are a team that can score goals, but I would agree with Bear that they have attacking players that do need to be doing more. Um, I would say at this moment in time, Kai Fotheringham who can't get a start and um, he probably will now. Matthew Coochie was suspended yeah. but I was surprised he didn't, uh, Kai didn't start at the weekend. Declan Glass and Louis Mole are the three players in an attacking sense that are doing really well. Mm-hmm. They need more from Glenn Middleton and Tony Watt. They need far more from Glenn Middleton and Tony Watt. Um, I, I rate them both. Um, I think they've both got talent but we we're talking about Malachi boating, having to go and find games and control games and search out possession. I want more from those two as well. Mm -hmm. Demand possession, make forward passes happen, have shots on goal, because they've both got all the talent in the world. um, And at this moment in time, they're the ones in that attacking unit that maybe aren't justifying their uh, starting place as much as many others. And as I say, I think maybe Matthew Cujo's suspension has kept Glenn Middleton in the team for the trip to Inverness, Mm -hmm. because if not for that, I think it would have been the time to try Kujo furthering Fotheringham on each flank. And likewise, probably not quite ready yet, but see once Doherty and Craig Zibold are both fit. I'd want those as my base midfield. And then you're saying, do you drop Declan Glass? That would be massively unfair, I think. Mm-hmm. So who drops out? You're probably looking at Tony Watt in that number 10 position to, to maybe step away. So those two players, their places are in jeopardy, I would suggest, unless they start showing the ability that they are undoubtedly capable of, They're, they've both played loads of games in the top flight. Mm-hmm. Tony Watt's played for Scotland. He, these are players that, um, regardless of what you think of the there current should form, every week. should be standing out a mile in the Scottish Championship. Tony Watt and Glenn Middleton should consider themselves decent top six premiership players. And if you are that, you should be blown away the Championship. Yeah, and yeah. need for, to start for me,
0: out. if Watt comes off saying he's had a bad game, people should be scratching their heads and saying, but you stood out because you should always stand out at that level, Yeah,
1: you? you've also got the issue, um, I don't think it'd be an issue for Jim Goodwin, I've got to say, but Tony Watt is, is um assuming, the biggest biggest earner at Tandice at this yeah. point in time. You know, so to have him sitting on the bench, you know, if the team is not is not functioning well, then, you know, you would think that the, the board could be looking at Jim Goodwin and saying, well, why, why are we paying this guy all Aye. this sort of money as well, sort of thing. But yeah, there, there are reasons for that, Alan. Beyond sort of selection and why Tony Watt is still at Tannis I what yeah. to say, but you're right. I mean, Tony Watt and Glenn Middleton should be playing at a higher level and have played at a higher level and have scored goals at a higher level. But it's not, it's you're, you're speaking about midfielders and coming up with goals, but in their remit as a first team player, as a, as attackers, they've got to weigh in with a certain amount of goals over the course of a season or, or they're not performing and at this point mm-hmm. in time. I think they are falling just a bit
2: short. There is a wee part of me that feels a wee bit sorry for Tony Watt because I don't think his strongest position is tucked in behind a striker, (laughs) dropping (laughs) back to help out the midfield. And you can almost see him at times kind of learning on the job in terms of how deep he should drop to pick up possession and when he should make his forward runs. There is a lot of... It's a challenging position. that It requires a lot of intelligence a lot in terms of and timing. and It's when another
0: one that hurts your head. Maybe it doesn't hurt your legs <laughs> as much as other yeah. positions.
2: Whereas I'm sure he would perhaps think that or see himself potentially as a number nine, but the brutal truth of the matter is Lou Moult is a better number nine than Tony Watt is. Mm, yeah. um, and um, certainly on kind of their, their career goal scoring record. You're not
0: record. words this week.
2: Hmm. Well, the, their goal scoring record over yeah. a fairly long lengthy careers, respectively showcase that. Don't you hate it when somebody um, backs up their point with a fact? So, uh, with the current shape uh, as it is, but um, it's,
1: fair, it's fair to say, on the, on the other side of that, when is it? Tony Watt has, has played at a far higher level than. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. Games.
2: That's true. Absolutely. All b- and and all over the pitch. I think perhaps. I mean, it's a, a longer discussion to be had. But <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, have we ever found all Tony Watt's best position? I know. Do I know. you know that? I mean, that's another question. I, I don't really. Not only I, I couldn't play him as a number nine in this Dundee United team because, as I say, Louis Mote is undroppable at the moment. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of where I would put him in the sta- I'm, I'm not sure with that in mind if you have to play Tony Watt and Louis Moulton on the same team um, I think it becomes a, a challenging one to, to fit in but either way even posi- uh, playing in the position that he is now I think If I'm Tony Watt's agent more.
0: I must admit I want him a free role up front yeah. like you say the, the furthest furthest guy on the pitch yeah. if I'm, if I'm Jimmy yeah. Goodwin and I look at Tony Watt's game intelligence and I've got Louis Moult mm-hmm. I'm playing Tony Watt with his playing just now. I think
1: when you, when you look at, at Tony Watt's career, and he had that purple patch at Motherwell, where he was banging in goals left and centre before he, he joined Dundee United, he, he did have a free free roll up there. He was he was drifting wide and coming in uh-huh. from the wide areas and getting a lot of goals, getting a lot of success from there. But you've got to, the manager picks a team and and you know he has a setup and you have to play to that setup and. You know, if, if you're not performing, then it's up to the manager to decide whether whether he should be in the team or not. Yeah,
0: I'm, I mean, I must I look at United just now and, I mean...
1: Uh, just as we spoke I, about, sorry, just as we spoke with Dundee, Tony Doherty has, has got a, yeah. you know, a set-up and he's uh-huh. going to get players to play that set-up. He's not going to build it around one or two players. United will be the same, you know. They're not, they're, mean, they're, they're not going to build the team to say, around Tony Watt. I, I could see
0: Louis Mole saying to Jim Goodwin, I'm your best number nine. I could see Tony Watt saying to Jim Goodwin, I'm your best number nine Mm. and if I'm Jim Goodwin just now I say well guys I don't care my best team is Louis Moult number nine Mm. and Tony Watt in behind him and I I totally get that and I think Tony Watt's got that sort of
2: more varied ability that, that, that he could he can make the switch. I think it's worth pointing out that Tony Watt hasn't been catastrophic in any way. No, 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 no. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. We'll, we'll, you know what? We'll like him because he's a good player. Yeah. Yes, we we'll speak about exactly, good players. Exactly. We'll, re-
0: uh, it's maybe unfair, but we we'll judge him to a different standard yes, to the, some others.
2: The, the reason it's a, a talking point is because he has that pedigree. He has that um, uh, career experience and visible ability that to not have a goal or an assist Um, this season competitively isn't what you would expect from him. Uh, When Kai Fotheringham, Declan Glass, Louis Moult, Matthew Coodle all do, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, uh, you just, you want a a little bit more. That doesn't mean he's playing badly and he's working really hard, which, I mean, is something that, as I say, it's not like he's not happy with his role in the team and shrugging his shoulders. and, And he really is busting a gut and he's, As I say, he's trying to get back and make tackles in midfield. He's trying to run the channels. He's trying to get forward. It's just not clicking at the moment. And maybe that'll be a tactical thing that one game does just click or he has the performance. Is it a case
0: right now? just want more. Not because some dafty me on a podcast said United would have the League One by October. Jim Goodwin will be sitting there saying, this is okay. Solid Mm -hmm. start, decent start. Mm -hmm. We're, We're up there. But ten percent more from Tony Watt, ten, not not effort, mm. but just in, in in the quality that they have, ten percent more from Tony Watt, ten percent more from Glenn Middleton. We are maybe three points ahead at the top of the league now, rather mm. than a couple of points behind. And that's the kind of thing you think of a man. Yeah. And you quite rightly you always want more when you know there's no. more there. Absolutely, and, and and you you know what I mean. The big problem you need to have
1: got is we've spoken about Louis Mole, he seems to be able to get goals on a regular basis, keep him fit, and hopefully that, that will continue. We've seen goals from the defensive areas, from, from mm-hmm. Kevin Holt, you know, and I'm, I'm sure Declan Gallagher will have a few goals in him as well over the course of the season. But if you don't get other players weighing in, that's when you, you do have an issue, you know. And, and uh, well, we're talking about Tony Watt and Glenn Middleton, it's real opportunity for the young lads if they get their all, yeah. their chance to go and you know stake a claim. Go and do it now. Go and do it in the championship. Get yourself in even when it.
0: they had Lauren Shanklin bang and goes in yeah. every week. There was plenty of others yeah. chipping in as well.
1: You need four or five boys that, that, are, that are going to get on, on the mark. You know over the course of the season it can't be left to one man because you've got a real problem. One, if he suddenly runs out of form. Two, he gets injured. Who's going to step up to the plate if you're, you're looking around and and. You know, there's one goal between another five or six players. that, that uh, Matthew Kujo, uh, to be fair, has got a couple in there mm-hmm. as well. But they need more. They need more, certainly, where United are at this point in time.
0: Of course, he won't get one on Saturday, but harsh. His red card last weekend.
2: Yeah, it was an interesting one. It's. I don't think there was any angels in this situation. I think Matthew, to, to me, initially looked like he was trying to extricate himself from a wee sort of tussle, both of mm-hmm. us holding each other on the ground. And... Anyone that's played football, if you try to get away from someone that is holding on to you, you kind of need to thrust with your arms. It's a very yeah. difficult thing to uh. do in a vacuum. Um, and I didn't think it was a pointed elbow. I didn't think it was a particularly vicious swing of the arm. But I have seen one angle, which was no doubt presented uh, to the the fast-track panel, which does look like he has a glance and then thrusts his arm back slightly. So I always have my slight suspicion that... the. Completely independent Scottish FA fast track panels. If they are given the the opportunity to back the referee uh, or see things in a sympathetic view towards the officials, then mm-hmm. maybe they will lean towards that. I think that the bar for evidence is a lot higher for throwing out a case than it is to just say yeah. the, case annulled. So um, I, I understand why. To be I honest, just,
0: it's more a case of guilty until proven innocent than
2: innocent until proven. Guilty with an appeal. In those panels, with an it? appeal, yeah. Yeah, with an appeal. Um, if it's a standalone case, then it's yeah. slightly... You know, if it's something that was missed yes. by a referee, uh-huh, that's uh-huh. slightly different. But when it's an appeal, then mm-hmm. the onus is very much on the, the club to prove that there was nothing in it. Um, so it's um, not not ideal. I don't think the Martin player, Callum Waters, covers himself in glory with uh, throwing himself to the ground and rolling about clutching his face after being brushed. But... It's football in 2023, that's what it is, isn't it? I mean, it's, you, you, you look to gain an advantage in, in any way yes. you can, and he has absolutely done that for his team, so uh, I guess capped off to him. <laughs> but um, it's it, it was a strange one in the sense that Dundee United were then a relatively strong force. The last 10 minutes, they were mm-hmm. all over Morton and could and a a winner, so it was one of those strange situations where I think Morton found themselves in a position where they go, we've got a man more does that mean we need to go and win this game yeah. or do we stick to our original strategy and they were kind of caught neither fish nor foul and it was actually dundee united that almost nicked the three points but looking forward it'll be a miss for for mm-hmm. two games i think regardless of their their current troubles and their managerial status i think away at inverness will be a challenge yeah. and then you're looking at queens park um again another interesting Mm -hmm. A fixture, another challenging fixture. So you would have liked to have Matthew for those games because he is a player that can make a difference. Bears talking about needing goals from areas. He is a player that can pop up with a goal or slot through a a key pass.
1: Yeah, he brings something different. Yeah. Doesn't he? He's got he's got that ability to produce a bit of magic which can open the door, if not for himself for someone else.
2: One hundred percent. So they'll, they'll, they'll miss that. But as we've alluded to, huge opportunity for Kai Fotheringham and it's now his challenge to make sure that in two weeks when they go to Wraith Rovers, which looks like it could be a proper yeah. top of the table clash, that um Kai Fotheringham can say, You can't drop me, even with Matthew Cuccio back. So that's that's always going to be the challenge. That's uh, for, for that's the whole point of Dundee United having a relatively strong squad.
0: Is, it, is the silver lining from the red card because I'm, I'm thinking here back to Christmas when Dundee won to air with 10 men for a long, long time mm. in the game and okay, it was a draw but Alan saying United look better doesn't do your confidence any harm No, when you're in a league and you think we lost a man and we still yeah. looked a better team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's pluses to be taken for United from that one. One, they didn't lose the game. Two, they probably as Alan said I didn't see the game but they, look, they were Apparently the better side and could have went on and won the game with ten men. Um, so yeah, you take you take that on board, um, you know, and and, and go forward in the, in the next game. But you know, the the, the disappointing thing is it's a, it's another home game where the I think that they've struggled to pick up the win, and we've seen we saw it against Don where you know to be fair, you know, at the end of the day that was a good point because they scored mm. so late on in that game. You mm-hmm. know, it's so. Yeah, they've, they've got something about them, I'll say that, because to get that goal against Dunfermline later on and then to hold out with, with, yeah. with 10 men and probably look the better side with 10 men, you know, it's there for them, but you always feel your home games in front of your, fans expect, expect you to win. We say that, when your home games, pick up points on the road, doesn't so no, doesn't no like I hear of them if they draw their home games and, and win on the road, you still get the same number of points and, and get ba- over and the by line. By the way, yeah. without
0: defending myself, yeah, United need to learn to live with that because there's a lot of United fans like me saying we can win this league by October, yeah, well. and and you, yeah, and that's, whether it's that's realistic true. or not, yeah. it, it, it's an issue, is, it's, yeah. a, it's a fact, yeah. People think that way, and I'll always think that way about yeah. Dundee or Dundee United if they're unfortunately yeah. in the championship. Yeah. I think we th- this isn't about you know. Coming up, but on someone's shoulder or someone yeah. go out there from day yeah, one and run, show you're and the best team. You you have run to, this division. It's something
1: you have to carry, and it's, it's also a fact that clubs coming, I love coming to tandies and playing in front of seven eight yeah. thousand every Saturday, the biggest crowd in the division every, every single week almost. Um, I've got to say, Saturday for me fills me with fear going up to Inverness. Manager Inverness uh-huh. because yeah. I know for a fact Bear, that
0: was that was one bit of driving that yeah. I was a wee bit reckless just once. <laughs> that was what I was actually trying to, happen
1: about, to... I was asked to What happens on the park? <laughs> <laughs> because Inverness, I've, I've obviously, I'm I feel but sorry, they're on the road. sorry for Billy. This is, is this know. a
0: dream come true. for This is United's dream fixture. They're against the team that are bottom of the table. Yeah, one one point, point from nightmare five. start, they've just. But sacked their manager and next United mm-hmm. favourite at that, so they can have a wee to get them if they yeah, want. Yeah,
1: one they, one they are better the than that. Inverness are better than oh. their current position is showing. So they've got better players than that, and maybe that, that on is the what road it is. And two guys like John Robertson and Charlie Christie John Robertson have been in that changing room this week, letting those players know in no uncertain terms what he expects oh. from them
0: on Saturday. John Robertson and Charlie Christie both who I believe got in very well with Billy Dodds, they yeah. will not thank,
2: no. and they're not a sacking club, they will not no. thank the players for what they've had to do. But what, no. and, but what we'd say, see if you want one man to go in and lift a dressing room, was a brilliant mm. guy for that. He is such an infectious personality yes. and he will be for all he might not be happy with the efforts of the players and, and Billy Dodds being sacked, he will be lifting them, he will be emphasising what needs to happen next and if I'm not saying that's what happened but sometimes you see just the departure of a manager being enough to lift players for whatever reason mm-hmm. if I mean I look at um I look at Dundee United last season when Jack Ross left and immediately Liam Fox came in and they got a draw at Livingston um having shipped nine against Celtic and looked a completely different yeah. team Liam Fox hadn't even taken a training session before then. That was just a team that looked a completely different team because the manager left. So you could read into that whatever you want to read into that. Whether that same thing could happen at Inverness is a... Well, d- I have d- to
0: stand up for my old mate, Billy. Which yeah. Dundee fans will hate me, <laughs> <laughs> me for. Again, I think the players will be hurting. Billy's yeah. got... Yeah. He's always had a relationship with teammates and players that's quite, quite emotional. There are ups and downs, but... All, uh, he was always a guy that his mates wanted to do yeah. their best for him. And he I always, think players would... I mean, like, you never you know. He, you never know. Especially yeah. once we get older.
1: <laughs> he strikes me as an honest manager in terms of, you know, with players. you would be honest with them. Is, and he'd expect that in return from them. I don't. I think last season, you know, they had horrendous injury problems, mm-hmm. as we've spoken about here on the past. And he turned it around. He gets a great run. He takes him to the Scottish football. Scottish Cup final, they're within a whisker, you know, within a, a whisker, a, a sort of mountain of challenge. I mean, if they'd beaten Dundee that day uh-huh. of Inverness, they could, have, they could have actually still won the title that day, you know, the way things were. And in the end, they just missed out on the playoff, which is probably disappointing for them. Right in
0: the second half of yeah. the final game, they were that's still right. in the playoff oh. spot.
1: That, that's right, but, you know, I think they have made it, they have made a poor start to the season. And I, I honestly believe that the board up there would have expected them you know, not only to be in a in a playoff position, but also challenging Dundee United at the top of that league all the way as as long as they possibly can for the season. So the players, the players have let the manager down slightly. I don't know what the situation is with, with players. I know a couple have gone out, um, but I would have expected Billy Dodds to have turned that around. Yeah,
0: you know, but
1: aye. football is a fickle game S- at times. So
2: speaking of, of
0: the enough time.
2: Yeah, yeah. speaking of the board up there, I know it's not. A- Highland podcast, but I was reading Scott Gardner's um, interview this week. Well-known in this area. Yeah, absolutely. and Well-known um, in this building. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading his quotes where he basically admitted that last season, if they'd lost a game to <clears throat> a Abroath in the second half of the season, they were ready to let Billy Dodds go. And then and I know they got to the Scottish Cup final, but two months later, they give him a new contract. And it just sums yeah. up... Well, firstly, I think that's a really poor decision making for him. you. Either believe he's the right man, or you don't believe he's the right man. It shouldn't be something quite as transient as a couple of good results, and uh, and certainly just, not in the championship. Look at not, our
1: growth. Look at our growth after you know we were talking about them after mm-hmm. three games, and Dick Campbell's under pressure. Yeah. And look at them now. It know. just
2: sort of sums up modern football, and it's been a it's a costly error because a guy that um, if. They were unsure, as they clearly were, if they were on the cusp of sacking him. They've now got a guy that they could have let go for nothing, could have shook hands and said, you know what, that final sort of bailed us out, but it wasn't a great season and... Gone separate ways. Instead, mm-hmm. they've now probably, presumably, had to pay off a, a compensation fee for somebody they've just given I do, a new contract Do I do think
0: to, at times teams need to be a bit more ruthless about cup runs because cup runs are four or five games.
2: They can paper over yeah. all sorts of cracks. I the was on
0: the league's thirty-six. I mean,
2: I was on the you know the Hibs and Hearts beat when Hibs made it to two consecutive cup finals, and that was one of the uh, well in consecutive years weren't the worst Tibbs teams that I've watched in yeah. a long time under Pat Fenlon they were absolutely woeful um, but they re- basically through sheer force of Lee Griffiths <laughs> managed to okay. reach the cup final in 2013 and also obviously got hammered 5-1 by our Hearts the previous year but that I would say that's something that kind of exemplifies that poor is maybe harsh on Inverness, but teams not having a great season can ah. also reach cup finals and maybe your decision-making should be based on something a little bit more broad than that.
0: I have to say, I'm ultra-confident about United on Saturday. and That doesn't part- worry me at all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's just whatever comes into my head <laughs> when I wake up in the morning. But in part, that's because I like what I see from United uh, generally uh, in the league this season. But also, I think that Inverness... In, uh, and it's maybe a silly thing, but maybe Inverness's problem over the last year, 18 months, have, we've heard too much of the truth. And the, the truth is, they seem to be having a right struggle on and off the pitch. Some, sometimes you need to go, right enough. We know we know all that's going on, let's just go on and play. And it just mm-hmm. seems to me that they've got themselves in a bit of a rut, Inverness. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, there's a sort of, and it, it's, a, it's a club I've always quite enjoyed going up to visit but I just feel the sort of atmosphere around them just now is, oh, it's really tough financially. Oh, mm-hmm. it's really tough with injuries. It's really tough with results. It's, I, re-. well, you keep saying that.
2: It's not doing anything to help the mood well. day to day, is it? I think that, but that's just trying to create a sense of realism, isn't it? And basically say to supporters so say. or the people in Inverness, Who needs the truth? but what I mean is that if ah. the people in Inverness don't know how stark this is, then are they going to buy merch? Are they going to buy tickets? Are they going to actually support uh-huh. their local club? I think it's a call to arms more than anything. But I get what you mean. It does create sort of bad vibes, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was, um, and, and certainly I think there's a feeling that if it's not for that Scottish Cup final financially things could be very, very bad. Yeah. Um that has that was a get out and of jail free card. Season, last yeah. season
0: if I hadn't reached the yeah. final.
2: That's that was basically a financial get out of jail free card and, and should tide them over for a wee while but um it's it's certainly not been not been a good start to this season.
0: Anyway, I'm sure we'll be back here in a week reflecting on a fantastic United victory up in the islands.